I'm sure many of you out there are like me, a sports fan. And as a sports fan, some of my greatest memories involve going to see my favorite teams in person. Like, I'll never forget when my dad took me to my first heat game in the American Airlines arena. We sat all the way up in the nosebleed sections, but I didn't care. I finally got to see Dwayne Wade in person. Or when we played catch in the parking lot after a Florida Marlins game with a $40 decal Dontrell Willis baseball that I still keep on my dresser back home. Honestly, these are memories that will stay with me for the rest of my life, and I'm sure all of you out there have memories just like that. Unfortunately, I'm here to talk about the less romantic side of our cherished memories. Let's face it, part of the reason going to a sporting event is so special, was so special, and will always be so special is because the opportunities are so few and far between. Going to see our favorite teams in person is expensive. I mean, heck, it costs a family of four about $500 just to attend a single NFL game nowadays. All of that being said, I get it. I'm not going to be some idiot, oh, give away your seats. I get it. It's a business. Sports, like any other industry in our country, is a very profitable business. So I shouldn't expect that business to give me a seat for $7 when they know, and I know, they can get it for 200 But what if I told you you've already paid for that seat? You may call me crazy, but I'd be right. And that's what I want to address today. How your local professional sports team is taking your tax dollars to generate profits for themselves. I knew I had to talk about this when I found out Jeffrey Loria, owner of the Miami Marlins, reportedly was about to sell his team for $1.6 billion, which is a great financial accomplishment for Jeffrey, <laughs> being that he only bought the team for $158.5 million back in 2003. And honestly, I'd be happy for him if A, I didn't think he was one of the worst owners in professional sports, and B, if I didn't know that none of his profit will be going back to the city of Miami or Miami-Dade County, even though the city contributed $500 million to build a new stadium for the Marlins. Miami-Dade County actually even took out a $91 million loan to help fund the project, a loan that will actually end up costing the county $1.2 billion by the time they finish paying off its interest in 2048. And if you think the situation is unique to the city of Miami, then I'm sorry, you're dead wrong. Since the year 2000, Americans have spent over $12 billion of their own tax dollars to pay for professional sports teams' new facilities, even though leagues like the NFL can generate $10 billion in revenue just from a single season. And we don't just spend a lot of tax dollars on privately run, let me stress that, privately run professional sports teams. We also do it often. Since 1992, over 90% of professional sports stadiums have been replaced and almost all of them have used some form of public money to do so. And this is a trend that I don't see stopping anytime soon because cities and fans can't keep themselves from funding their favorite sports teams, even if it leads to their own financial ruin. The state of Missouri and the city of St. Louis offered the then St. Louis Rams $400 million to build a new stadium even though the now ramless city of St. Louis was still paying and is still paying $6 million a year for the stadium they helped the team build all the way back in 1995. And if that isn't absurd enough for you, listen to this. In 2013, the city of Detroit contributed $283 million to build the Detroit Red Wings' newest arena. Even though, get this, this just blew my mind. Even though the city had just declared bankruptcy the previous week. Bankruptcy. You know what that is, right? 
they had no money, but they still gave the team $283 million. This is absurd. But now we've gotten to the point where we need to stop treating our local governments less like children who can't help but spend their allowance money on candy, and instead more like drug addicts who need help before they destroy themselves. All of this is happening because of the pressure professional sports teams, as well as us, the local fan bases, put on our politicians, who then as a result have no choice but to acquiesce to the local team's demands or literally commit professional suicide by being labeled as the person who let, I don't insert your local professional sports team's name here, leave their city. And don't fall for the stupid misleading rhetoric like building new stadiums creates jobs and building new stadiums increases business for our local economy. The reality is they don't. The construction jobs are only temporary, and the people within stadium jobs commonly only work a couple times a week and usually for minimum wage or at least close to it. Never mind the fact that local business owners, if you go ask any of them, will continue to complain that new stadiums actually hurt their business because the increased traffic drives their potential customers away. The problem with our situation is that the only way this system will be dissolved of tax money being put towards privately run professional sports teams is if every city refuses to put tax money towards building these stadiums. Because until that happens, teams can continue to threaten to just move to a city that will give them what they want. Our money. I'm sorry if this isn't a fanboy's approach or a patriotic sports go-go, it means everything, to this really serious issue in sports. But this is a problem. And it's something we as sports fans need to know and we need to help stop. Like I always say, guys, be a passionate sports fan. Just don't be a dumb one. Welcome to the 30-Minute Week Podcast on WFUVsports.org. Yes, and welcome to the 30-Minute Week Podcast. I am your host, Reed Horner, and I want to welcome you when and wherever you guys are listening. This 30-Minute Week Podcast is your entire sports week condensed into 30 minutes of nonstop discussion and debate. Today, I have the pleasure of being joined by my co-host, Showtime Manny himself. Oh, snap. Manny Adeye. What's going on, guys? As well as the one and only. (laughs) The one and only. (laughs) The man formerly known as the voice from behind the glass, and currently known as the only man within the tri-state area to proudly wear a Clippers jersey. He is <laughs> Tyler Freer. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing great. Uh, great intro by Reed, of course. Uh, how's everyone doing? We're doing good, man. I had a great weekend. Nice, relaxing. I stretched a lot this weekend, right, well, actually. We, well, we can talk important. about that. Very important. We can talk about this stuff off-air, guys. we got a lot of stuff to talk about. Also, shout-out to Christian Goey in the back, who's thankfully producing handling everything from behind the glass today. So now that we all know who's in the studio, I just want to say we want to know who you, all of you guys are out there. So follow us on Twitter and Instagram at 30MinuteWeekPod. That's 30MinuteWeekPod. And email us questions to 30MinuteWeek at gmail.com. Again, that's 3030. We'll answer them every week during our listener question segment, which comes at the end of the show. And again, our Twitter account is 30MinuteWeekPod. The numbers are 30. Can't wait to hear from you guys. So without further ado, let's get right into the week's biggest headlines. Manny, take it away. Number one headline 
it is the trade that everybody is talking about. And when I mean everybody, including my dad, who knows nothing about sports, <laughs> nothing about basketball, and football. Your sports. father knows nothing about sports? <laughs> you would be surprised. Okay, every, well, everybody knows Michael Jordan. That's all everybody who's old knows. Michael, oh, I called him old. Here we go. But, uh, but seriously, no. Uh, DeMarcus Cousins has been traded to the Pelicans. And, uh, well, pretty much the Pelicans got Tyreek Evans, Langston Galloway, Buddy Hield. <laughs> I think that they they have won this trade. What do you, what do you think about that, Reed? I think those players didn't win them not win them this trade. I they also got the first round protected twenty seventeen yeah. and the second round. So the the Pelicans aren't drafting this year. Yeah, uh, but <laughs> they're not. I kind of thought this was the stupidest trade I've heard in a long time. For not, many reasons. Not because I don't think Cousins is a great player. Not because I don't think Anthony Davis is a great player. Let's face it, they're both top five big men in the league. Both average 27 points, 10 rebounds for Cousins, 11 for Anthony Davis. Both shooting over 45% from the field. They are legitimately good big men. But they're legitimately good big men when they are the only big men on their team. And I really, I'm not mad at Sacramento for this because I think they knew they were going to lose him. But if I'm the Pelicans front office, and if I'm Anthony Davis, I'm making, I'm questioning why did you do this? Why didn't you use all of these assets to go and get me out a comparable guard that can get Anthony Davis the ball, not a comparable big man that would then cause problems? I don't think the Pelicans, as of now, have a guard that can handle both big men and get them adequate enough touches. See, I I agree with you in a sense that um, they should have went after a guard because DeMarcus and Anthony are essentially the same player, and um, for them to coexist on the same team is yet to be seen. But I don't think we can count them out just yet. They're two exceptional talents. The one of they're both uh, averaging twenty-five and ten, uh, to be more precise. I think they're both twenty-seven and ten. So they're really talented players. It's a terrible deal for the Kings. They got pretty much nothing in return for their star player that's been with them since seven years. Unless the first round pick ends up being yeah, something. which I think is a uh, it's a long shot. But I think I think they can make a run in the playoffs. But in the long run, it's not it's not a good deal because the markets can leave this summer for nothing, and I think he's gonna go to uh, gonna go elsewhere. Uh, there's there's two ways to look at this. Okay, one you can see how I see it and say this is a terrible trade because yeah. you don't put uh, Le'Veon Bell and Ezekiel <laughs> Elliott in the same backfield. Me and Ty had a discussion before the show. You don't put guys with similar playing styles, literally down to the points that they score and the rebounds that they get on the same team to the same job. They play the exact same way. What, are you, what problem are you solving like that? What, what are you changing really about your team? And then you could, look at, you could look at it this way and say that, okay, this team is just outside the top eight in the West. All right, we've seen the Warriors struggle against, against Memphis, who's done things with big men. You know, everything in, in the West right now is pretty much trying to beat the Warriors. You put these two guys on the same team against the Golden State Warriors team who has Zaza Pachulia and JaVale, <laughs> JaVale McGee. McGee yeah. JaVale McGee, they will do some damage. It's a desperate move for sure. Although I will say I think this is going to hurt Cousins more than Anthony Davis only because DeMarcus Cousins is a way better three-point shooter than him. I think this season he's 35% from behind the line averaging five shots a game. So I think what they're going to end up doing in, in, in the beginning at least is ter- try to turn him into somewhat of a stretch big, which I don't think is really what you want DeMarcus Cousins to be. So it's going to hurt him. I think DeMarcus Cousins, therefore, is going to get... A little angry, they're going to sneak into the playoffs, and I really don't think they want to resign him. But I don't think as of the next year, Cousins will be a New Orleans Pelican. And that's the big issue with the trade because you you sent Buddy Hield your seventh pick in the draft in this past uh, NBA draft. You send well, yet, yet to be seen. <laughs> He's only played fifty games in the NBA, so yeah. well, that's yet to be seen. But I think you gave away your top prospect, Buddy Hield, and a couple role players for somebody you're not even guaranteed is going to be with you at the end of the next season. And not to mention. 
I'm going to throw this team out there. I talked to Manny about it before the show. I think he's going to go to Washington at the end of this year because he's got Bradley Beal Which and he's got so John, John Wall and Bradley Beal, one of the best backcourts in the NBA, to pair along with one of the best big men in the league. I think he'll, he'll end up going to Washington, which turns out to be a bad deal for the New Orleans. I mean, yeah, bottom line to me, he's already mad. He lost about $30 million in this trade, and I would be upset too. But headline number two, moving along with All-Star Weekend. Did you guys watch anything from All-Star Weekend? I watched all of it. You watched all of it? Well, See, I didn't, yeah, I didn't watch much. anything on Friday. I, wa- I, can't, I definitely I love All-Star Weekend. Me I think too, the yeah. NBA All-Star Weekend is the greatest All-Star game in sports, though most people I know would say baseball. <laughs> I love the dunk contest, but every single year I get disappointed with it. And this game this year, guys, it was terrible. I'm sorry. I love the pageantry. I love seeing the best players in the world play together. And I'm not asking them to play amazing defense, but it's getting to the point where I feel they've played 12 games at their local YMCA. <laughs> and, and it's that one where no one plays any D. And then and it, and it, ma- it delegitimizes the moves they make during the game. You know what I mean? Yeah. All the dunks they did, it would be cooler if there was some sort of even fake D. But Antetokounmpo came out like a bat out of hell, if I can say that. <laughs> but like... All of his dunks were completely uncontested. Stephen Curry was on his belly at the free throw line strange. at one time. It was, was funny. Strange. I like that. But strange. what I'm trying to say is I'm afraid this game is moving more towards the NFL Pro Bowl than it is the baseball um, All-Star weekend or All-Star game, home run derby, all that kind of stuff. And that scares me as a fan of the NBA. Well, I think I think we can all agree that the game doesn't mean anything. You know, we It never at, did, though. You look at the uh, the, the All-Star game for in, uh, in baseball, though. It pretty much sets up like the World Series. Sets up, it, there's something that's important about that game. The NBA All-Star game means nothing now in the year. Well, you know what? You know what? If you really want to blame somebody, you can blame the media, okay? <laughs> because with SportsCenter's top 10 plays, we we advertise and we promote all these big-time dunks, all these big-time long-range shots. We've been doing it for years, and now that's all everybody cares about. Everybody cares about shooting threes. There was only about eight uh, free throws attempts in that game. LeBron James pulling up from half court and things like that. Anthony Davis scoring 50 points. Like, What? Uncontested, pretty much throughout the entire fourth quarter. Yeah, is it me or do, do, do you guys feel like back in the day there used to be those one-on-one type uh, AI going at Kobe or was it Michael going at LeBron? Well, that's what it was. The All Star Game was that moment to see your best players go at each other in a street ball style. Yeah, of that's play. What, that's what I'm saying. And then now, now like you said it perfectly, it's more like YMCA. It's more like rec basketball where all you see, everyone get out of the way. Let's see amazing dunks, but. I, that's, I don't think that's necessarily what the fans want. I think no. they want to see a little competition. I know they don't want to get hurt. I understand that aspect. It's an all-star game. You don't want to hurt yourself in a game like that. But it's got to be a little more than 197 to well, 100. The like question 70. then comes, <laughs> if we want more com- competition within the all-star game, what do we have to do? And that, I don't know how you can get these multi-million dollar athletes, these faces of their franchises to try harder. I mean... It's up to them, and and just like the dunk contest where we don't have any big stars anymore, it's up to them. Yeah, it's it's yeah. tough. I but mean, I still liked it. All that being said, uh, the dunk contest was I was snooze fest. That's what I was gonna say but, about Saturday. Saturday was a little messed up because the dunk contest was not where it should have been. They got they got rid of the shooting stars challenge. Yeah, you guys I, was remember that? To, I was just about to say. And that. I really liked that because you had the WNBA player, you had a legend, and yeah, you had that, a current player. That was cool, and I thought that was really awesome. And usually they started out with that, but instead it went right into the the skills challenge where I was kind of thrown off. I'm like, where what? they do with this yeah and I, honestly the highlight time. of saturday to me was the skills challenge that was the best part i mean three point i mean we i pretty much saw what i, was, I thought i was gonna see even though i even though it was kind of cool at the same time the dunk con- contest like we all said it's terrible first of all no big man 
besides Dwight Howard, <laughs> should be in the dunk contest. Yeah. DeAndre Jordan does not do anything special. In fact, yeah. I think when the year Dwight Howard won, and maybe the year after that when Nate Robinson won, it's pretty much been real downhill after that. No, really. Okay, Blake jumped over Carr. And, Congratulations. And with the, like four feet with tall. the exception of the Zach Levine and Aaron Gordon Oh, yes, one. sorry, yes. That was actually really good. But in the span of seven years, that was probably the one of the only really good ones. Yeah, and then to go from that to what we saw this weekend, that can also Ex- downplay what we saw exactly, this weekend. Yeah. All right, really quick, before we go to headline number three, what would you grade this All-Star weekend as a whole? Manny, I'll go to you first. What would I grade it? Yeah, A, out B, of, C, D, oh, okay, yeah. letters. Um, out of colors. Out of colors. Graded out of colors. <laughs> well, green, <laughs> green is go right to stop. Um, <laughs> graded, I'll probably give it a B minus. Um, see, like, I don't know. I'll probably give it a C plus just because I really wanted a better All Star. I wanted a better All Star Saturday with the dunk contest. And no, no shooting stars challenge, so C plus. C plus for me as well, Manny. You guys are tough graders. <laughs> <laughs> Headline number three. Darrell Rivas turned himself into the police custody uh, on Friday, guys. So apparently he's being charged with four. Well, he is being charged with four felonies and a misdemeanor after he was allegedly involved with an altercation in uh, Pittsburgh. What do you guys take away from this? Because I already know what I'm pretty sad. Uh, You know, I was I was I wasn't upset. What would be the word for dismayed? Maybe I'm not a fan necessarily of. The New York Jets, but I'm a fan of greatness. You know what I mean? There's Manny over there. <laughs> Sorry. Mr. Two-Phone Manny. <laughs> Anyways, um, must be nice to be popular. <laughs> uh, but he's an all-time great player, and he's near the end of his career. And so I don't think this is going to stain his career 10 years from now, but it's not a good look for him. I read an article. Basically, he says that he was attacked by six guys that were intoxicated. The guy said that they were following him, harassing him, saying, are you Darrell Reeves with their phone? Which I don't like. I don't like if, I don't, I'm not saying it's worth beating them up. He turned around, allegedly threw the guy's phone, punched them, said more guys were coming. The guys ran away. It's a he said whatever he said situation. I'm not going to get into that. But I have to look at this as, as like a business move. And whoever is happiest right now are the New York Jets. Because I thought before this happened that they were trying to find a way to get rid of him in a way that it wouldn't look bad mm-hmm. since he's the face of their franchise or one of the best players in the team's history. Mm-hmm. And so right now, he may go suspended beyond paid leave, which they would probably prefer because then they only have to pay him $6 million. If he doesn't get suspended and just put regular, maybe he injures himself. Who knows? He's old happens they'll have to pay him 15 million dollars so i hope he gets i think the jets want him to get suspended and the jets will eventually cut him when everyone forgets about him. i think this is completely overblown and let me and let me explain why because there's no way Darrell Darrell Reeves is too smart. He's too much about his money. If you remember Darrell Reeves, he's all about his money. He's gonna go wherever he's gonna get the most, where he's most protected. Do you think he was gonna mess that up with a little scuffle at a bar? It's probably one. It's probably one someone on his camp, someone in his team. I don't. That's not. It. That's not a good argument though, because many of guys in power, many guys with okay. money, have done things that we can't imagine. Okay, but okay? I, but like my, you get caught up in the moment. He may have been intoxicated. Darrell Reeves. See, I mean, he's probably in the no, corner of no, every see, street crying it, about his messed up hairline. Right, let me, let me there tell are you. things. Let me He's, tell you what the story is, Reed. <laughs> okay. Darrell Reeves was not intoxicated. I didn't say he was. I said there are many factors that could lead a man who's Granted, really well-headed into making what you said, mistakes. I'm going to clarify some things about the story. <laughs> Darrell Reeves was in Pittsburgh on business. Okay, he had a, he has he pretty much has some housing there, and you know, he's pretty much making money, doing his thing on business. And um, I believe the fact that he probably did do it, and I do believe it was self-defense, but if you guys did not know, there was a TMZ video that came out. Someone, like, you know, recording and saying, yeah. oh, yeah, I knocked these guys out. Claiming to be Darrell Reeves. 
former teammates of Darrell Rivas came out and said that is not even his voice. So what what are we really dealing with here? We really don't know. And this goes back to what I'm saying. I think it's so, he was probably walking out the club with his friends and somebody's with a phone recorder. Hey, let me get in your face. Let me record you. Yeah. And one of his boys probably Which came I, when, and when, said, When hey. you're at that level, when you got some type of fame or popularity, you deal with stuff like this all the time, especially with intoxicated people. Yeah. So, yeah, that's why I think it wasn't. I don't think he necessarily <laughs> so we, put we, this. So we, we just spent five minutes basically to say all we know is what we don't know. But we first <laughs> we weren't there, so we have no idea what to to think what what actually happened. But it's just to think that he would put his hands on a, yeah. a civilian. This is Darrell Reeves. He's too smart of a, of exactly. a person. I don't think he was the actual person who did it. Probably one of his friends who said, "Hey, could knock this guy out for yeah, me." Let but, me just put a disclaimer on all this. This is just speculation. We don't know anything. <laughs> but honestly, I don't need though, an article being written now. Darrell Reeves. <laughs> honestly, though, talking about timing, terrible time for Darrell Reeves. Yeah. Perfect yeah. timing for the Jets. That's like what I was said. trying to say. This is this is this is time for them. Like they could do a clean getaway from him and like be be accused of nothing wrong because obviously look 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 at his image right now. So it's perfect. Yeah. Okay. Well, that is all the major headlines in the last week of sports. Now on to my personal least favorite segment of the show. That is when we get to talk to you guys listening out there and answer your listener questions. Remember, I said you can always tweet them to us at Thirty Minute Week Pod. We now have an Instagram. It's also Thirty Minute Week, or no, Twitter's at Thirty Minute Week Three Zero. Ig baby. Then email them to us if you rather that at 30minuteweek at gmail.com. Let's go to Christian now who has those questions for us. So Justin Bowman is our first question. He's from Rochester, New York. He wants to know uh, about baseball, uh, speed of the game. Earlier this week, Rob Manfred said the pace of baseball needs to change so that the sport can mean as much to its new generation of fans. Manfred said he'd consider making changes like raising the strike zone and possibly eliminating the intentional four-pitch walk. Honestly, I can't imagine those changes being made, but do you and would you want to see them? That's Justin's question Baseball to you guys. Baseball in February. Love yeah. it. Love it. That's uh, what I'm These are I, – I love that he's doing this because I've always looked at baseball as kind of – it's a great sport but archaic in its mm-hmm. way of thinking like, oh, baseball, this is just how things are done. And I like Rob Manfred as a commissioner in the sense that he's progressive and understanding that, you know what, for as great as baseball is to the fans who love it, it may be somewhat boring to those who don't know it. And he made a point of saying, we're not going to speed up the game, because just like I believe this too, in football or anything, the length of the game doesn't matter if there's good action within that length. Us sports fans will sit down for three hours or one hour to watch a good game. True. But he wants to talk about his pace of play, right? So he's like, like he's saying, eliminating the walks, eliminate, making the strike zone larger so there's less waiting around at the plate. These are things that I think should be implemented. Now, I don't really know yet which one should be but i like that he's going in this direction and that baseball is going in this direction yeah no i agree 100 percent. there needs to be some change um it's been about 150 years of baseball professionally <laughs> and there's been little to no change so i think some change is good especially we're in 2017 to help relate to a younger audience so i'm all for the changes and uh to help the game move forward uh i, I agree you know i don't i agree that there needs to be change changes made However, what changes need to be made? I don't agree with both. I'm not sure about the intentional walking. I don't agree with that. But if you really want to, I don't know. I just feel like, as because I I think as a defensive lineman, I think defensively, that is a great play to do. Like, listen, it's it's not really like in a rule book not to do it. But listen, if you can take on a player like that, you take a player. Kind out of a like compliment that. too. Yeah, no, it, it is a comp- I mean, yeah. it's a compliment. And you take a player out like that, and as a defensive player, that's pretty smart to me. But uh, to to reach the audience who don't really like baseball is going to be hard in this day and age with the superstars we have in basketball. The quote I love from Manfred, and it really shows how baseball is looking to evolve. He said, "The more cha- more changes need to happen, so that 
these changes will lead to our next generation of fan pretty much fans pretty much he said to be as invested if not more invested than our current generation and that's what i like about leagues looking to the future as much as your present christian yeah guys i agree the game needs to be sped up a little bit uh our next question is claire townsend from jersey city new jersey she says she's asking Sidney crosby just became the 86th player to join the 1000 point club how would you remember crosby if he were to never play another game again I think, well, how will I remember him and how the world remember him, I guess, is different. different I'm Canadian-born Canadian. My whole family is Canadian. Big deal, big deal. Uh, So what he did in 2010, that game-winning, my my mom was actually at the game, that game, my my grandpa, that game-winning goal to win against America, I mean, I'll never forget that. When he threw a stick and he threw his gloves Yeah, that that was big. But what he's also done in the sport is unbelievable. He's um, only 11 other players have reached this mark faster than him. He's been, he's won Stanley Cups. He's been MVPs, the rookie of the year. He's done everything I think a great player needs to do. Now, I don't think he's ever going to catch Wayne Gretzky just because Wayne Gretzky set a bar that was unbelievable, whether it's scoring wise or just how he won. But I think Sidney Crosby, once he retires, if if he retires today, would be looked at as one of the most iconic hockey players, if not the most, in our uh, generation. Yeah, no, I agree with you 100%. Um, you know, I'm not the biggest hockey fan, but, you know, just to know enough about the game, and, like, the game you were talking about, I remember watching that game and, like, wow. That was big time, yeah. Thanks a lot, Sidney. Well, that's how big it was, right? That no, you yeah. That on a stage, was, for someone who doesn't exactly. love hockey, he's for, like, I'm going to get you in the for seat. For people who don't know hockey, you know Sidney Crosby. Yeah. You know, and, and honestly, I remember him as, as a great, uh, one of the trendsetters of hockey players in my generation. And hopefully he could get another Stanley Cup, honestly. I like him. Yeah, and he you know what he reminds me a lot of? LeBron James, because he came into this league as the chosen one, and this was literally, he had so much pressure on his shoulders. He was the guy that was going to be the next Wayne Gretzky, a lot of hype surrounding him. And he didn't, he didn't t- quite uh, translate right away, but now we're looking 10 years later. He's got three Stanley Cups. I'm pretty sure it's three. Uh, two MVPs, led the league in goals multiple times. So I'll probably remember him if he never played another game as a transcendent uh, talent who um, le- lived up to the hype. Christian, what do you think Sidney Crosby is going to be remembered as if he were to retire today, say? Oh, he's one of the greatest players in, in NHL history. There's no doubt about that. Uh, he's done so much, and what, he's the only like 30 years old? So yeah, young dude. He's going to end up right there with, Lemieux and Gretzky and all the greats. Am I wrong to say also that I think if he didn't have those injury problems a couple years ago, concussions, yeah, he, he would be even that much better. That I really agree. slowed him down. Yeah. All right, Number all right. Three. Next question: A teammate of Manny's, Luke Medlock, wants Luke. to know if James Harden, Kevin Durant, and Russell Westbrook were all still on the Thunder. Do you think they would be the best team around, and who would be their biggest competition? Wait, first off, I want to give a shout out to Luke. The man came in with four or five great different questions. I there just you spent go, some time. Fletch. I, I just spent some time choosing which one, but um, <laughs> I love this question. I think this is a question that's going to be asked more and more as the NBA goes on. But being that this is your BFF, Manny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me. You know what? You know what, Fletch. What you uh, I appreciate you asking so many questions. Uh, play me back in a ball pool, please. <laughs> He's losing right now. But um, also, no, to answer the question, I just want to say that I disagree because LeBron James, LeBron James, one, he's already defeated them before, and two, I think if they were on the same team, they wouldn't have had the time to develop as individual players, as individual superstars that they are now. Think about it, they're all really in contention for the MVP villain right now. Yeah. That's crazy. See, like, they're yeah. all leading their team. That's insane. They couldn't have done that all together. I disagree. See, I agree with you that they probably wouldn't have been able to develop 
to the players that they are right now if they're on the same team. But you, ha- I think eventually they would have moved James Harden into the starting lineup. He was the sixth man on that team yeah, when they true. went to the finals. Uh, they lost 4-1 to the Heat. That was LeBron's first championship, so we all remember that. But let's not forget they were all 22, 23 years old at the time. They're now all up into their prime, very, very much so. So if they were all to say, if they were all on the same team right now, they would probably be in the finals. But to win it, it's, it's tough to Manny, say. Manny, you're so wrong, buddy. Ah, now, I know what be you, nice. I don't be nice. nice to this man. <laughs> LeBron James. This man would think the sky was green if that was his opinion. That's true. <laughs> Come on. Anyways, you're completely wrong. No. Yes, it would hurt them individually because you said they wouldn't have, as Tyler said, the room to grow. But you're trying to tell me a team with Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook, and James Harden wouldn't be able to make the finals? James Harden, side note, would have stayed sixth man, I think. I you think, think so? He would have grooved himself into a different type of player. But that team would have been dominant, and that team arguably would have been no. better, if not comparable, to this Golden State team we have right now. No. And it's a shame we'll never get to see it because that James Harden trade, I think, will still go down in the history of the NBA so far as one of the dumbest trades to ever occur, and more, more like a, the decision too, because they signed they signed Serge Ibaka instead of James Harden. I agree with you on the trade, one hundred percent. But rough. let's let's think about yeah. the personalities of these different type of men: Russ, James Harden, and like a lot, you, a lot of moving parts. Okay, okay, Doctor Freud, what are you talking about? I'm <laughs> just saying it wasn't going to work out. LeBron James is going to beat them again anyway. See, why do you have to incorporate him into every basketball? Because soccer. LeBron James controls the NBA right now. That's why. That's actually not. Far from being accurate. That's, controls yeah, the NBA. Yeah, true. And we're talking about the NBA. We're talking about going to the finals. Who he's been there, what, the last six times? Yeah. So we're talking about them meeting LeBron in the finals. No. I think I think they would get there and you can't count them out well, if for, they got there. Side note, for as great as LeBron is, I will say he is in the East. I don't know I don't know if he I, I still think he's the greatest player in the league, but if he was in the West, you know, it'd be a little bit harder to say meet me in the in the finals. Just saying. No, no we're not. I think so. There's a lot of de- there's a Dude, lot of really good teams in the West. Y'all, y'all not serious. If he put him on, Just, put him on like any West. I mean, team yes, right yes, now. it'll be harder to say meet me in the finals. But he still be in the just, finals. Just go back to playing electronic pool, Manny Christian. <laughs> just a little side note. Can you guys remember one piece from that James Harden trade? I'm thinking maybe Kevin Martin, but besides uh, that, Adams. No, I Steven can't. Adams ended up. I believe. I'm, no, Steven, Steven Cri- Adams did, was drafted. Was yeah. he drafted? By the it was some, was he with some big man? They were talking about this earlier that they actually some. I don't know. No, it was a bad deal. Awful, awful no, it, trade. No matter what, yeah, it was awful trade. Mm-hmm. You know what? <laughs> why, why, why are you getting so emotional, man? I'm about, about to add on the fact that even the way James Harden got traded, they traded him because they didn't want to pay him. Exactly. You think no, that type right. of leadership was going to work and bring them back to the finals and win it? Get out of it. They, next, got, they next. got there already with, it, with that type of— And they of got play. smoked. They All chose right. to pay a buck over Harden. That's yeah, why, that's, that's why I think it was really bad smoked, buddy. They lost 4-1. Okay. <laughs> Christian, please. All right, last uh, question. Uh, Percy Ramirez from Anaheim, California. Temple Hill Entertainment just got the feature film rights to the Uncle Drew Pepsi commercials. Would they really consider making an Uncle Drew movie? And if so, how excited would you be to see it? Well, would they consider? Yes, they actually have plans to make this into a movie. When yeah, I, I heard the that. news, I was I was reading this, uh, I think it was a couple days ago. I was kind of, do you ever like throw up in your mind, but not physically? <laughs> oh, wow. That's kind of what I did because I love the drunk, Uncle, Drunkle Dude. Drunkle Dude. Anyways, I love the Uncle Drew commercials. I thought the moment, from the moment I saw the first one, I thought, okay, this is special, but they're just taking it way too far. I mean, what are you going to make, who are you going to market this to? Sports fans, non-sports fans? Are you going to have a cast full of non-actors? This is not he got, he's got game. I just <laughs> I, I think it's going to be really bad. It's going to be good for Irving, but it's going to look bad. 
No, I agree with you 100%. I mean, Uncle Drew is not a superstar. Like he's not yeah, he's really not strange. he's not trending that much, you know, to mm-hmm. to make a movie about Uncle Drew. Like, come on. I'm 100% against Make this. a movie. I want Space Jam 2 instead. Yes. With, that's coming with LeBron. See, I'm all for Space Jam 2. I am not for Uncle Drew movie because what are they going to do in an Uncle Drew movie other than him go to a park and pretend he's an old man and play basketball? Like, wait, what, what are they going to do with this? Wait, Reed. I, I'm, I'm getting onto my thoughts. What if we have <laughs> Space Jam 2 and Uncle Drew is incorporated wow. into it? Mind blown. I love that. We're done. You need you're, to go to Hollywood. You're, you're, you're amazing. Here. Go to Hollywood. Okay, I guess I'm gonna drop out of college now. I think that's it for everything, <laughs> right, Christian? What do you what do you think about this Uncle Drew movie before we close everything up? Yeah, I mean, I have James here engineering with me, and we both just don't know what the movie like. How you make a movie out? Of I have it. no it's idea. A little, a little old bit of bit of overkill on that. Oh look, he can. It shoot. was fun the Drink first Pepsi. time though. Oh look, he can pass. Drink Pepsi. That's the whole movie. <laughs> anyway, so unfortunately, guys. Oh, Tyler. Before we go, I have to say this. Break, oh yes. Breaking news. Mitch Cup. Uh, Mitch, how do you pronounce this? Mitch Kupchak. Mitch Kupchak. Oh, he's now stepped down as the GM of the Lakers, and Magic Johnson is full, full uh, It's about time. Basketball operation. Just to let you guys also know, the Lakers had a chance of getting Booby Cousins, all right? They had a chance. You know what? If Magic was there, they would have gotten him. That's if, all I'm If saying. Magic is twice as good as he was a head coach, he's still going to suck. <laughs> oh, I said he needs to call Kobe. Yeah, I'm done. That's what I'm done. All right, so I think now we have it. Thank you so much, guys, for joining us. We had so much fun. I hope you guys did as well. Again, you can follow us on Twitter at 30 Minute Week or Instagram as well or email us your questions. So you can join us next show at 30 Minute Week at gmail.com. For Tyler Freer, Manny Adeye, Christian Goey, James Corgan in the back, I'm Reed Horner. See you next week.